0: Welcome back to the Derek Lamont show. You can find this on patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont experience as well as youtube.com slash the Derek Lamont experience, the Derek Lamont experience on Spotify, the Derek Lamont experience on Apple podcasts, so on and so forth. Of course, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson. This is a two part show, but it's all in one episode. I am going to split it down the middle. I only have a few topics I'm going to discuss and then the latter half of this episode will cover the game awards. 2002 edition. So, I am recording the first part of this on Wednesday night. So, there's only a few things I want to talk about. I want to start off with sneakers first. If you are a sneaker head, the Air Jordan 11, I think they're calling it varsity red or whatever, I don't know. It is out this weekend. It's not a full varsity, it's just varsity red on the patent leather, varsity red on the heel tab. The Jumpman is varsity red. Of course, you have the Varsity Red uh, traction pods. Most people are calling these the Air Jordan 11 cherries. Um, they are available via StockX. If you mixed and missed the Nike shock drop the week before Thanksgiving, then they did exclusive access. I think the week of Thanksgiving StockX has some. Some people got their pairs way back in September and October and then Nike shut that down. Um, There's quite a few websites that do have a pairs available. They are doing a full family size run. This is a full run. This is not a quick strike adult sizes only. They're doing a full family size run. So everything from infant through toddlers, through big kids, GS through men's sizes. So um, I would tell you guys this by the time you hear this, if you're not listening to it on Patreon, everybody on Patreon gets this episode Friday morning. Everywhere else we get it Saturday morning. So by the time you get this. The, the sneaker will actually already be out, so I hope you guys snagged a pair. If you didn't get early access or anything like that, um, I will keep my sneaker blog updated. I will put the link in the episode details. I always kick out information on sneaker releases and stuff. Well, I don't always, but I'm going to. I'm going to start keeping you guys more up to date. I got really busy, so the blog got a little neglected for a while. So just to kind of give you guys an update on things going forward. In other sneaker news, uh, one of the big releases of 2023, the Air Jordan White Cement 3 reimagined in kind of the same fashion of the Air Jordan 1 Lost and Found, where the mid, uh, mismatched box tops, the orange Nike box top with the black Nike shell box, uh, the the invoice and stuff like that um they're kind of doing that with the retro 3 except i don't it's not going to come with the invoice and all that stuff it is going to come in a weathered box so the box condition will be good but they're going to make it look like it's weathered and aged and stuff like that so these sneakers are like we started seeing pictures pop up and if you go to insole unfiltered i did post on there uh, we start seeing pictures pop up, so I'm like, okay, so somebody's got their hand on a pair, which isn't really that uncommon at this point. However, some people have pairs for sale already, and I've seen them, I've seen the price, and absolutely not. So, I wouldn't want to pay $375 to $450 or anything like that. But I did see a video, it is on the Insole Unfiltered blog, so if you want to see them, you can check them out there. I will tell you this. Guys, the sneaker looks absolutely fucking fabulous. I sent it to Sterling and Jasmine, and we both agreed this is an absolute cop. These are a must. Um, I sent to Sterling, he's like, oh, these motherfuckers are definitely cop. Jasmine's like, oh, these are instant. I have to have these. We, We all three felt the same way. So hopefully I can score a pair. I'm not sure. The street date is March 11th of 2023, but it seems that early access to the sneakers are available. So if you want a pair... I will keep you guys up to date and abreast on install and filtered. I promise I'm going to do this and with update upcoming releases and things like that. Um, the Air Jordan 12 Taxi. There's a black taxi out there now. Uh, the black in Columbia Air Jordan 13s. So they look really nice. It just looks like a a Columbia blue version of the third of the bread 13. So instead of the black, I'm sorry. Instead of the red, where the red, the red other red playoff 13s because technically those are playoff 13s as well but everybody calls them the breads instead of where it's red on that sneaker it would be blue and they look absolutely phenomenal and if you go to insoleunfilter.tumblr.com I do have pictures of that sneaker there as well so that's coming up and then of course on December 30th the big release of the month the Air Jordan 2 in the Chicago colorway this is the first true OG Retro the last time they did it they had black piping on it and stuff like that. This is OG true to form. It comes with the Jordan 2 little uh card kind of like what comes with the Retro 3s. It comes in the wings box and things like that. It looks really fucking good. The quality looks great. Every video I've seen they look absolutely immaculate. So that's one that you guys should keep your eye on. So I'm giving you plenty of time. This episode will drop on oh boy so this will be out on the 11th the sneaker does not come out till December 30th so I'm giving you guys ample time so if there's somebody who you don't think deserves a Christmas gift and you want to hold that money back for those Jordan twos you do what you got to do I understand I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna look the other way and say I didn't know anything about it but I will keep you guys up to date with release info leading up to the launch of the sneaker itself and Everybody's really looking forward to this Chicago too. It's going to be a really, really big one. So that's all I have in sneaker news so far. I'm going to go ahead and get into gaming because um, obviously the gaming, the game awards are this week. I'm recording this first part on Wednesday night, and then the latter half of this episode will be recapping some of the game awards, big announcements, big reveals, the big winners, and things like that. So first story comes from videogameschronicle.com. This one's very, very interesting. Um, Days Gone came out the same day, I remember, if I remember correctly, it came out the same day as Avengers Endgame, and um, I will tell you this, I feel it is a bit long in the tooth, so long that I haven't finished it yet, and I've played through God of War Ragnarok, main story, and post-game content, I've played through The Last of Us 2 multiple times, I've played through Red Dead Redemption 2 multiple times, so on and so forth, this game is really long and i'm just like i haven't even scratched the surface and from what i've seen on reddit and twitter threads and stuff like that everybody says it's a good game it's a decent game but it's entirely too long um so and the game did release a buggy buggy mess it had to be patched several times i think they did add a ps5 patch because i played most of it on my playstation 5 um but they had to patch this game multiple times because it was an absolute mess well Interestingly enough, Days Gone director blames middling reviews on woke reviewers and tech issues. John Garvin says critics couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Now, John apparently was he was the director and writer of Days Gone and he was a member of Sony Ben. Now, I've seen him taking a task for these points by other games journalists. Um, I do remember apparently somebody saying how come there are no black members in the zombie horde. And people feel like that is a very woke comment to which I have to say, yeah, it kind of is like zombies, a zombie. Does it matter if they're white, black or whatever? And then some people saying where they shouldn't have children because nobody wants to kill a kid, even if it is a zombie. To that point, it's a video game. I get it, guys, but it's a fucking video game. There were definitely I don't know if there were children. Freakers or anything like that or There's definitely kid zombies, in The Walking Dead, because Duck, you know, if you play Telltale's The Walking Dead, I'm trying to remember if I remember seeing any children. Yeah, Sam turns into one. Uh, Sam definitely turns into the one in The Last of Us Part 1, and obviously we know that Riley turned and Ellie never did, and, you know, and that's not a spoiler because The Last of Us came out in 2013, so don't even do that, and The Last of Us Part 1 came out in September, so... Uh, The remake of it for the PlayStation 5. So if you haven't played it, that's through no fault of mine. So there were kids. But anyway, John Garvin tweeted this theory in response to a fan asking why he thought the post-apocalyptic PS4 biker game didn't get more praise when it was first released in 2019. Quote, three reasons, Garvin replied. One, it had tech issues like bugs, streaming, and frame rate. Well, you can't blame the fans for that. That is a issue within Sony Bend itself. Let's be very, very clear about that. Number two, it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. Three, and and three, it had woke reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Well, it was actually his wife and all the the flashbacks. And the guy that rides around with him is his brother-in-law. Quote, Walker is a term that originally referred to those aware of social injustices such as racism, sexism, and all of other forms of discrimination. In recent times, however, it's been adopted as a catch-all term by right-leaning people to refer to those who favor progressive political ideas. Days Gone currently has a score of 71 in the review aggregator Metacritic. Numerous similar PS4 console exclusives scored somewhat higher, such as Ghost of Tsushima, earning 83, uh, which is low considering how gay—how— good that fucking game is like if the last of us 2 doesn't come out a month before that or if they don't even come out in the same year i think ghost of shishima definitely wins game of the year that year that game was phenomenal and i think the only thing that stopped it from winning game of the year was the last of us part two i recently played it and i was just like i forgot how good this game is so so i was taking a drink i'm surprised that ghost of tsushima is only at an 83 on metacritic and anyway Sony Santa Monica's God of War reboot receiving 94, Uh, and God of War Ragnarok is currently sitting at 94 in Metacritic as well. Garvin's latest claim has sparked backlash from both members of the game's media and fans of the series who responded to his tweet negatively. One response read, Come on, John. Woke, you're better than that. To which Garvin replied, Nope, I'm really not. If a a reviewer objects to a character because of identity politics, I call that woke. How am I wrong? (sighs) You're wrong. Because being woke as a black man, I'm going to tell you, it's about us noticing how we as disenfranchised black people and other members of people of color, indigenous people, Asians, uh, Hispanics, et cetera, et cetera. We don't get the fair shake that our white counterparts get. I'm sorry. That's just the way it is. Whether you guys want to admit it or not, that is the way it is. Let's be completely freaking real about this. All right. Um. Others pointed out that Red Dead Redemption 2, which contains numerous instances of racism, sexism, and other scenarios that those accused of being woke would presumably object to was released just six months earlier and was critically acclaimed with a Metacritic score of 97. The claims are the latest theory from Garvin on why the game didn't perform as well as some of his fellow Sony titles during the same era. Last year, Garvin spoke to game designer David Jaffe on Jaffe's YouTube show where he claimed the reason it sold poorly was because not enough people bought it at full price. The game was a mess. If you release a game and it absolutely has to be patched day one or it's almost unplayable that's going to be a problem and keep in mind that's day one to the public reviewers got early copies so if you knew if you know when we played it on day one i remember going to see avengers Endgame, game coming home and booting up the game and thinking this is a fucking mess and they have to patch this for me to be able to play it they did patch it And it plays much better now, but the game is still a bit long in the tooth. And remember, this is somebody who holds Red Dead Redemption 2 in very high acclaim, and that is a very, very long game. I'm just being completely honest with you. Um, When asked if he heard anything about any meaningful uptick of engagement, with days gone since the game was added to the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5, Garvin replied, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest, and it might piss some of them off. Quote, if you love a game, buy it at fucking full price. I can't tell you how many times I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got that on sale. I got it through PS Plus, whatever. But how do you know you love a game until you've played it, Jaffe responded. Let me tell you something. It goes on a little more. and I'm going to continue. But I'm also going to say, I don't know if he's still working at Sony Bend. And if he is, I would imagine that Sony's going to tell him to shut the fuck up. Let me, you know, I'm just going to point that out. Uh, Garvin replied I'm just saying you don't but you don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch game can't be that buggy at launch buddy you said it yourself that's one of the reasons it was not supported because the game was buggy at launch you guys have yourself to blame for that uh, it's like he says quote it's like God of War got whatever number of millions of uh, of sales at launch, and you know, days gone didn't. I'm just speaking for me personally as a developer. I don't work for Sony. Okay, so he doesn't, and I don't know what the numbers are. Garvin is now leading Ashfall, which is described as the first true web 3.0 AAA title for PC, console, and the Hedera network, which uses a native energy efficient cryptocurrency called HBAR. I'm staying the hell away from that, whatever that is. I'm just telling you right now. um, Mr. Garvin the game was a disaster at launch and that's why it did so poorly because a lot of people were interested in it i remember the first time seeing days gone like a a trailer and i remember having this conversation when we first started our podcast and we were sitting there having the conversation i was like yeah it just looks like every other zombie game and to that credit Shawan said you we've never seen a zombie game with the amount the size of that horde and i thought you know what He's 100% right, because we see maybe two or three clickers or whatever, in the last of us at a time. You know, in Walking Dead, you may see a bunch of them walking towards you, but you're only really going to have to deal with maybe five of them at most. Those hordes on the, on Days Gone were insane. Now, the fact that you navigated the open world on the motorcycle, I thought that was cool. The fact that you upgraded, I thought that was cool a lot of the story elements is where the game loses you in my opinion, and it feels very, very monotonous. And also it's just very long in the tooth. And again, I am a like, sometimes on certain games, I look at the trophy list and I look at the game and say, how much do I care about this? Do I want to platinum it? And I hardly ever go for 100% on games that I play on my Series X because I play a lot of my sports titles over there, pretty much all my sports titles. And I don't want to be that guy, but I'm not going to really play Starfield because I'm not a fan of Bethesda RPGs. Microsoft's got to give me something to make me say, no, I'm going to put down and play this game. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I look to 100% games on, Microsoft, on Xbox because I don't. I'm just being completely honest with you. But looking at this game, I'm just like, I, not even the trophy list, I was just like, if I wanted to play this and then be like, okay, I missed these trophies, let me go ahead and get the platinum. I look at it, I'm like, no, I don't really care, because like, I number one, I have to get through the game, and I, I actually don't even know if it's still on my hard drive, I might have to re-download it, it might be, but I'm not certain, um, but the game had issues, and when you yourself say well there's three reasons and one of it it was buggy at launch that's all you really need to hear you threw the woke stuff in because you wanted to make excuses but there's no excuse for the game being that buggy at launch and that's where he lost a bunch of people and that's why people look at him like well you're kind of a fucking jackass and i don't know this man but oh they have a hard time staring at a biker's girlfriend's ass i don't care I just don't. I think that's a stupid fucking point to make, so I don't know. John Garvin, you lost me. You lost me, and I may not be your target audience anyway, so I don't think you really give a shit, so we're at an impasse because neither one of us give a shit. Anyway, moving right along, this comes from PushSquare.com. Dead Space PS5 looks like a remarkable remake. Um, I want to point out that Dead Space is also on Xbox Series X, if I'm not mistaken, But anyway, uh, the first 18 minutes of gameplay from EA's upcoming Dead Space remake have been published by IGN, and it's looking like a remarkable upgrade from the PlayStation 3 original. While this opening is largely identical to the 2008 original, there are some minor tweaks that longtime fans will notice. Protagonist Isaac, for example, spends a few seconds building the plasma cutter rather than simply picking it up from a workbench. Um, They have a comparison breakdown of the of it running on the PlayStation 3 originally, and then they have the uh, PlayStation 5 version running side-by-side, side, and this is on IGN.com. So if you guys are interested, I would say go over there and check it out. Um, I didn't play the uh, uh, Dead Space when it came out, and everybody started talking about the remake, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about this game. And they're like, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I had my PlayStation 3 go out on me a couple of times. I had to buy a new one, and then that one and my original was sitting in the box in the closet and my apartment was broken into. So then I bought another PS3 and then the PlayStation 4 came out right after that. So I sold my PS3. So I never played Dead Space. So um, I found it on EA Play via Xbox Game Pass. I started it up. I played a few minutes and like 15 or 20 minutes in, I'm like, this just isn't for me. Um It's a game I missed. And when I played it, I'm just like, I'm not really sorry that I missed this. This isn't a game for me. I, you know, um god what are those other games uh in seven day um mass effect that's another one i missed out on those and then i went back and played it i was like "Mm, all right not really my cup of tea halo i missed out on those went back "Mm, not really my cup of tea i i guess my taste in gaming some people would call bland it has to kind of really really blow my socks off or be really really fun to me and None of those titles did. I've played Fallout, and everybody's like, no, play Fallout 3, and I'm like, done nothing for me. Oh, play Fallout New Vegas, eh, done nothing for me. Visually, the game has to be appealing, too, to me. I'm going to be completely honest with you. People are like, graphics don't matter. It's gameplay and story. But, they can't keep putting out games that look like they came out on the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, that engine needs to be put to death bed immediately like take it out back like old yeller and put it out of its misery because it looks really really fucking bad so no i'm not excited for starfield i might download it and boot it up just to see what it looks like but based on what they showed us at the um xbox bethesda showcase at e3 it doesn't look good i'm just being completely honest with you the game could be a drastic overhaul by the next time we see it But based on what they showed then, I I know a lot of people who are strictly in the Xbox community. They were really upset. Like, this is not good. This doesn't look good. So um, I don't know. But speaking of the good folks over at Microsoft and Xbox, this is very, very interesting. This comes from GamesRadar.com. And we all kind of saw this coming, to be completely honest with you. Xbox raising prices on first party games to $70 in 2023. And that does include Starfield. Microsoft joins the rest of the industry in hitting the $70 price point. Here's the thing. Number one, before I go into the article, somebody saw this posted and then they retweeted it with a picture of a newspaper from the 90s with video games. $70 is not bad for a game because if you guys dealt with what we had to pay for Nintendo 64 games, you like for three Nintendo 64 games, you could basically buy... Uh, you could damn sure buy an Xbox Series S and not at the Black Friday markdown price. I'm talking at the regular retail price. There were Nintendo games on the 64 that were $90. There were $90 games on other consoles as well, especially the heavy hitters. So complaining about $70 to me, I'm just like, you guys are bugging. Either you want to play the game or you don't. Now, the thing about it, when they note, when they mention this, everybody's like, well, if you have a game pass, does it matter? Because you're going to get the first party stuff there anyway, day and date. Um, and then to, to that, excuse me, to that point, some people were like, well, this just proves that Game Pass is not profitable. Well, I would imagine that maybe some people when they found out they weren't getting Starfield and uh, I forget what the other one was this year that they were just like, well, I don't need Game Pass right now. Like, I'll pick it back up when I get those games. I know a lot of people really had that the persona happy that the persona titles came to Game Pass. So I thought it would see a spike. When those Persona titles released, I'm not sure. I don't have the sales numbers. Uh, I'm not privy to that information. Phil Spencer doesn't know who the hell I am. So, I don't know. The prices are going up to $70. Xbox has officially announced that it's raising prices on its first-party Xbox Series X and S games to $69.99 US dollars in 2023, starting with major titles like Starfield, Redfall, and Forza Motorsport. Quote, this price reflects the content, scale, and technical com- complexity of these titles, a Microsoft spokesperson tells IGN. As with all games developed by our teams at Xbox, they will also be available with Game Pass the same day they launch. Specific new price guidelines have not yet been announced for regions outside of the U.S. It's also important to note that this change has only been discussed in the context of new games, meaning it seemingly won't retroactively hike the price on the likes of Halo Infinite. Uh, Excuse me, Xbox boss Phil Spencer hinted at a potential price increase in an interview back in October. Quote, we've held price on our console, we've held price on our games and our subscription. I don't think we'll be able to do that forever. When he said this, people were like, oh, that means the price is going up. And everybody's like, no, it's not. It's not what it means. And well, look, here the fuck we are. Uh, Spencer said it was important to maintain the prices for the 2022 holiday season, but it seems that's changing in the new year. The new pricing brings Xbox first party in line with increasingly standard prices across the industry. Game Pass makes the conversation slightly different here. However, as all these first party titles will remain available as part of the monthly subscription. So you have to announce it because if somebody doesn't have Game Pass and they go in the store to buy it, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Or if they go to the store from their console or PC, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? However, most people who have an Xbox Series S, Series X, or even an Xbox One, One X, One S, whatever, most people already subscribe to Game Pass. So to be honest with you, I don't think this affects them. Now, to play Starfield, I think that is PC and Xbox Series X and S only. So, people on the Xbox One, I don't believe you're getting that. But still, if it's in Game Pass, like, this is almost a moot point. Like, I get it, but I don't get it. Because most people who have an Xbox have Game Pass, and this doesn't affect them. Just being honest. Uh, That said, we don't know how long Game Pass pricing will remain stable either, while gaming subscriptions have not been as well tested as film and TV streaming just yet, we've seen streamer after streamer launch at a very cheap price to entice new subscribers, and then increase those costs once users are on board. A Disney Plus price hike hit this week. That's right, it went from seven to ten ninety nine. I was like, damn, the whole extra buck, eleven bucks. That's nuts. I, I didn't notice it until I looked at like my my Apple subscriptions, and I was like, holy shit, that's nuts. They they really did that. And Netflix has just begun to offset its increasingly exorbitant cost with a cheaper tier called Netflix, Netflix Basic with ads. Xbox has made no announcements regarding increasing the price of the consoles themselves. PS5 prices increased throughout much of the world in 2022 due to, quote, global economic environment, including high inflation rates, end quote. Sony said at the time, though, those price increases did not affect the console in the U.S. Um, I mean, it's inevitable. The thing is, generally you this is the time of the year you're going to see the prices decrease because of the holiday um you the best time to sell consoles is christmas we all know that um however yeah i'm still on the fence about this one because again most people that have an xbox have game pass so how are they really really affected by this if you have an xbox and you do not have game pass then obviously yes this will affect you um This is just interesting to me. I don't know how what they plan to accomplish with this. And if this also means the Game Pass is going to see a price increase within the new within the full calendar year, you know, from here till this point in 2023. But I would imagine. You have to offset the cost. So if you put those games out 70 bucks, you could be like, yeah, you can play this for $70 or you can subscribe to Game Pass and play it for free and play a bunch of other fucking games for free. All this back catalog, Halo stuff, all this back catalog, Gears of War stuff, all this back catalog, Forza and Forza Horizon, and then all this back catalog of EA's best titles and things like that. Need for Speed, not the current Need for Speed, but other stuff, Battlefield, old Battlefields and stuff like that. So I feel like that would offset the cost, but again, what it all boils down to and comes back to is the fact that most people that own an Xbox subscribe to Game Pass. So what are they hoping to see price wise as far as an increase in stuff when it comes to this price change? I don't know. We will definitely monitor that for you. But that's the end of part one of the podcast. We are going to take a very, very quick break and I'm going to snap my fingers and it's going to be part two. Just like that. Okay, guys, so before I get into the Game Awards stuff, I do want to talk about a story that happened earlier today. Um, This is very, very important to the Microsoft Activision Blizzard situation. So the FTC, a.k.a. the Federal Trade Commission, sues to block Microsoft's Activision Blizzard acquisition. The U.S. Federal Trade Commission announced it will seek to block Microsoft from acquiring Activision Blizzard, saying Xbox would, quote, gain control of top video game franchises and harm competition by denying or degrading rivals access to popular content. Agency notes that Microsoft decided to make several of Bethesda titles, including Starfield and Redfall, Microsoft exclusives, despite assurances it had given to European antitrust authorities that it had no incentive to withhold games from rival consoles. Um, Wow. So I I see a lot of people online like this is ridiculous and blah, 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 this, that and the third. Um, I just... uh, (laughs) There's more tweets apparently, so there's, oh god, there's a whole thread. I'm going to go through it really quickly. Agency alleges that maker of Xbox would gain control of top video game franchises enabling it to harm competition and high-performance gaming consoles and subscription subscription services by denying or degrading rivals' access to its popular content. Uh, FTV, FTC's complaint notes that the $69 billion deal, Microsoft's largest ever and the largest ever in the video gaming industry, would enable it to suppress competitor competitors to its Xbox gaming consoles and its rapidly growing subscription content and cloud gaming business. The agency's complaint also points to Microsoft's record of acquiring and using valuable gaming content to suppress competition for rival consoles, including its acquisition of ZeniMax, parent company of Bethesda Softworks, a well-known game developer. Again, agency notes that Microsoft decided to make several Bethesda's titles, including Starfield and Redfall, Microsoft exclusives, despite assurances it had given to European antitrust authorities that it had no incentive to withhold games from rival consoles. With control over Activision's blockbuster franchises, Microsoft would have both the means and motive to harm competition by manipulating Activision's pricing, degrading Activision's game quality or player experience on rival consoles and gaming services. According to the FTC alleges the tech giant could also change the terms and timing of access to Activision's content or withhold content from competitors entirely resulting in harm to consumers. Um, (laughs) So this is very, very interesting. Um, I didn't think we would get to this point. I'm going to be very clear about that. Um, I would assume, or at least I, I, I would think that. Mm. Excuse me, a little thirsty. When the deal was announced back in January, if they were going to make a move and this was going to be, the play, I would assume that they would have, you know, been like back in January, like, hey, no, we're gonna sue to block this because the last time you did this, you said that you were gonna allow, uh you know certain companies or certain titles you told the european board that certain titles are that you would still keep titles multi-platform and then you went ahead and said hey guess what The elder scrolls 6 is going to be on xbox and pc only and uh starfield is on xbox and pc only and you didn't do that so for activision what happens to them if they sue to block this? Which they actually are suing to block this. There's no if. If they sue to block this and they actually do block this deal. Because Bobby Kotick is still in charge. And he wasn't going to walk away until the deal cleared. And he stood to make a ton of money off of this. Um, Starfield is supposed to... like It should have been out last month had it not been delayed. And Redfall, I can't remember exactly when. But those games should have been out. Um those are still coming because they have Zenimax Bethesda, but the Call of Duty stuff. Crash, uh, it was interesting. and I'm going to get to this in a second. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, for instance, it, generally known as being birthed on the PlayStation. It was you know for a while there, Sega had Sonic and Mario, uh, Nintendo had Mario, and PlayStation had to find a mascot for that first run of PlayStation consoles, and it you know basically was crash bandicoot and then because it's an activision property but naughty dog just developed the game it now would belong to xbox so i'm just it's it's very interesting that here we sit in december uh december of 2022 and the deal was announced january of this year that why now at the end of the year we just finding out the FTC's like no you guys aren't doing that we're not allowing that to happen so we're gonna put the kibosh on that really fucking quick so um this is interesting. Obviously, I'm seeing some outpour online from people on both sides of the console wars. You guys already know my point on that and how I feel about that, so there's no point to even talk about it, but um, this is very, very strange. I guess, I don't know. I'll say it's strange. I just didn't think it would come to this. I figured if the FTC was going to get involved, they would have gotten involved when the deal was announced. Um, So, I don't recall the the ZeniMax acquisition facing this kind of an opposition. So I'm not going to say it's dead in the water, but this may take a lot longer than we thought. This may definitely take longer than we thought. Um, if the Federal Trade Commission is involved, you know, everybody like, oh, it doesn't matter. They're going to look like clowns in court when they lose. I'm telling you guys right now, if you're one of those console war people and you're like, know the FTC is da 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 you can say whatever you want about the Federal Trade Commission but if they get involved at this level this is not as easy as you know ABC one two three snapping your fingers this one's gonna get held up for a minute it could be a minute so um, I think Sony you know having you know their stance about Call of Duty and its availability on PlayStation going forward I can't say that's a huge part, but I also can't say that it's not a huge part of why this is happening. But it's the things that they say in the tweets that kind of direct, without them saying the name, the competition, limiting, uh, you know, certain games from the competition and competing consoles. Well, what is the biggest game we've been talking about? I don't really play a lot of the other stuff that Activision Blizzard has. I've played a little Overwatch, and I'm trying to think of what else. But generally, the The flagship title for me is Call of Duty so when I look up and I see it's like will it affect me well no because I have an Xbox Series X so I'm good to go if they were and that's why everybody's like well you don't get involved and don't you have anything to say no because I didn't lock myself into one ecosystem I have a PlayStation 5 I have a Series X I have a Switch I got to get my PC up and running or get another one it is what it is but I didn't lock myself into one ecosystem I knew where I wanted to play from day one, and I wanted to play everywhere. So to those of you who are just like, this is ridiculous, and I could name names, but I'm not going to do that, like, that's what y'all do. That's not my place. Um, I simply don't care enough to get into an argument with you guys over something this trivial, especially when I don't have any stock in Microsoft. I don't know if any of you guys do, but it just isn't going to do me any good to be like, oh, well you're a pony or you're a bot and this, that, and the third, because I simply don't care enough. I'm just telling you guys that right now. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and get into what we're here for. Uh, The second part of this episode, of course, I told you it was going to be about the Game Awards, but that was gaming news that dropped today. I recorded the first part of this episode last night. So, you know, there was no way I was going to put this episode out and not address that. So here we go. Also really quickly, Um, there's some college football awards that have been given out tonight. They used to have the Home Depot award show on Thursday, and then the Heisman would be Saturday. Um, it's trending more and more towards Caleb Williams walking away with the Heisman on Saturday night. If I had a vote, it would go to Caleb Williams. Um, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would say Caleb Williams, but we shall see. But anyway, let's get into the Game Awards 2022. I had to go through and highlight some of the awards because I wanted to talk about some of the stuffs. Um Hades 2 is an active development. That was one of the world premieres that we saw tonight. Um, it looks a lot like Hades 1. I, at at first I, I was just like, okay, what is this? And then I was like, oh, this looks a lot like Hades. And I was like, is it a Hades spinoff or is it a sequel? Or like and then I saw it in the more I'm like, okay, okay, yeah, this definitely this is definitely Hades like I can tell by, you know, the UI and stuff like that. And then it was like, yep, Hades 2. So I have no problem with this. I actually really enjoyed Hades. Um, I streamed some of it like a year or two ago, a year ago, or something like that. Um, but um, I really enjoyed the game. So I'm very, very interested to see more of it. I don't think they gave us a definitive date. Or if they did, I didn't put it down. But uh, we are getting Hades 2. So I'm really, really psyched about that. Um... And then they showed another game called Judas. Um, I forgot who that's coming from. I I can't remember. I didn't actually put it down. Uh, Hellboy Web of Weird. Uh, Web of, I guess that's weird. That is coming to Steam, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X and S, as well as the Nintendo Switch. So that should be really interesting, especially if you're a Hellboy fan. Um, I'm hoping it's a comic art style. That's what it looks like. It definitely looks like Hellboy comic art style, so that should be very interesting. Um, fresh off the heels of Bayonetta 3, just within the last month or so, we've got a new Bayonetta title coming in March of 2023, Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Again, that's coming March of 2023. Um, it's kind of, yeah, it's completely different from the Bayonetta franchise that you guys know and love. It looks kind of cel-shaded to a certain extent, so uh that's very very interesting i don't know if you guys like i know a lot of people are really really into bayonetta so be on the lookout for that uh among us got a new game mode on december 9th of 2022 hide and seek so you as you guys are listening uh that would be available now um if you're into among us go ahead and play it i'm not really that big into it i tried it once and it I don't know. I feel like Among Us and Fall Guys were really, really hot for a moment. I think some people still play, but you don't see the same interaction, I guess. Um, I remember when—I don't want to call them a fad, but I remember when people thought Fortnite was going to be a fad, and it's continued to grow and grow and grow. But I think a lot of that they achieved through licensing deals. And in Among Us, they, have, they do have licensing deals, but it's just a costume-free little character Whereas in Fortnite, you can be Captain America full skin, you can be uh, the Thanos full skin, you can be Peter Quill, you know, for one season, you could be any member, damn near any member in, in the Marvel comic family, and then uh, Batman and the Joker and Harley Quinn and so on and so forth. So I think that uh, the people over at Epic Games have mastered licensing to a higher degree, and I think that's why Fortnite is still going pretty strong. But Genshin Impact is picking up steam. So we're going to get to that in a minute. Um, Street Fighter Six Saw some gameplay of that tonight. And no, I'm good. I'm really good. Mm. I'm really thirsty. Sorry, guys. Um, I was really upset that I didn't get a Street Fighter Six beta code. And then they announced there was another... Uh, beta test and I didn't get a code that time and then when I saw the stuff today I'm just like it, when I didn't get the first beta and I saw some of the the hiccups I was like well it's a beta you know the game is gonna be buggy they want you guys to play it and test it out and stuff like that before they you know have the final build um but the whole building your own avatar all that stuff I'm not really into it and then I saw it tonight and I just don't like it I don't like the look of it to be completely honest with you so I think this is they're they're gonna have to a full price purchase for me probably not gonna happen, and then when they drop it, drop the price you know on sale by the time I would get it, so many people would have mastered it, so I don't know. um I'm just kind of now at this point waiting for either the next Mortal Kombat title or the next Marvel vs. Capcom, but since Capcom is giving us Street Fighter six uh who knows when we're gonna get another Marvel vs Capcom the last one was Marvel vs Capcom Infinite and that one didn't perform too well because they tied it heavily into the MCU um I know it didn't perform too well I actually had it for PlayStation 4 and then there's a whole ordeal I had it on disc one of the few games that I actually had on disc and it got tossed out so there's that um but yeah, Street Fighter Six, in my it doesn't look good to me. I know that I I don't represent the masses. I'm just saying for me, I don't think it's gonna be a purchase. And the more I see of the game, I'm just like, I don't really like this. I really don't. And to be honest with you, Street Fighter Five, I'm not gonna say a lot of people were like, how can you release an unfinished game? Unfortunately, that's the world we live in now. They're because they can patch a game whenever they want. They're releasing games almost half baked. Um, some of them will leave like grayed out areas and stuff like that and you're like okay so they're gonna patch it and there's gonna be a new character there there and there and at least they're kind of letting you know letting you know by doing it that way but they're releasing a lot of games basically unfinished and then you get a day one patch or a day two patch or whatever um you get a patch for new game plus and this that and the third but this one just doesn't look like one that i'm gonna be uh spending my time on so um The legend Kevin Conroy, who passed away uh, very recently, we do know that he will now reprise his role as Batman in Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Um, <clears throat> the interesting thing about this is obviously Arkham Knight, Batman dies, and Gotham Knights picks up like right after that, if I'm not mistaken. I didn't play it. You know The frame rate issue, for me, I was just like, yeah, I don't know about this. But anyway... Um, For Conroy to have voiced it, they said this more than likely, I believe, is his last work, you know, before he passed away. But number two, again, we know that Batman Bruce Wayne dies in Arkham Knight. So this has to take place before Arkham Knight, I would imagine. That's the only way it makes sense. Or if they're just trying to say they're not in the same universe, which I doubt. Like, that would be really, really interesting if that's the way they decided to go. But um, obviously, we want to say rest in peace again to Kevin Conroy absolute legend um you know he is the iconic voice of Batman um especially in the animated universe and in the gaming universe like obviously you have Michael Keaton who did what he did and you have uh Christian Bale who did what he did and now Robert Pattinson and this that and the third um but when people think of the voice of Batman they definitely think of Kevin Conroy so rest in peace to him and condolences to his family still as always um, other than that, we did get to see, and a lot of people were like, I think it's a bit early for Death Stranding 2, I don't see it happening, this, that, and the third, and guess what, Kojima came out and gave us Death Stranding 2 trailer. Um, it only showed PS5 at the end of the title card, it is being developed for PlayStation 5, I would imagine it's gonna be a timed exclusive and at some point show up on PC. Um, I don't know if Death Stranding is gonna show up on Xbox, we don't know, but... Um, this, it, it looks good. I will say that I, you know, like Death String is a weird, weird game and there's some cool shit that happens with the beginning of the game. Basically being a FedEx worker is really, really boring and mundane and, and stuff like that. So I'm just like, if you can make it through all that stuff, you're going to see some cool shit, but that's a huge if I know I put the game down for a long time because of all the fucking package delivery stuff but um interestingly enough he wrote the story before the pandemic but due to the pandemic he actually scrapped it and rewrote the whole story and then he jokes that he didn't want to predict the future anymore like he kind of predicted the pandemic so i thought that was very interesting and kojima's a legend and um I don't know. This this is interesting because we know he made that deal to make that cloud-based game with Microsoft, and I don't know when that's coming. And not for nothing, a lot of people, especially Xbox fans I saw, were like, this is absolutely ridiculous that Phil was there and Microsoft showed off nothing tonight. Um, Hellblade 2, I know a lot of people thought that would have been out by now. You know, they, they started... A Microsoft ad and I was like you know the last time at the Game Awards like Phil basically hijacked the stage when when they went through rehearsals he showed a trailer about Game Pass and then when the live show came up he showed us the Xbox Series X and Jeff Keighley didn't even know what was happening so I was like maybe Phil could shock us again Phil didn't it was a commercial for Game Pass this time it was 100% a commercial for Game Pass um I guess in the current situation with the Activision Blizzard acquisition still hold being held up, maybe it's not a good time to roll out trailers for some big heavy hitters and stuff like that because then the FTC could look at you some kind of way. So I guess I kind of understand that, um, but I know a lot of people... Like a lot of people who are strictly Sony fans were like you guys are done like your man was there and showed nothing and then a lot of people who are Xbox fans as well were like I cannot believe Phil sat there in the audience that had nothing to show for us this is absolutely insane so um, yeah I don't know when that Kojima Xbox game is coming but again Death Stranding 2 does look good Uh, they're just shortening, shortening it to DS2 but we kind of knew because I think it was Norman Reedus that kind of blabbed by mistake that there was a sequel. So I think that then the talk started to happen. And I'm just like, well, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But now we have confirmation and we do know we are getting Death Stranding too. So yeah. that's very interesting. Um, the Forespoken demo is available on the PlayStation Store right now my ps5 is on i'm sitting right in front of it, recording and i went to the store and i'm just like do i want to put this demo or do i not and i guess at some point i am going to go ahead and download the demo um and see if i like it enough to actually invest in forspoken the game um i know a lot of people are really really into it and they've been hitting me like you gotta get forspoken, and i'm just like i don't know yet oh my god so <laughs> sorry i saw something on tv but uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'll go ahead and get the demo and I'll let the demo decide for me. Um, other than that, Tekken 8, world premiere. It was a cinematic, no gameplay. Not that I saw anyway, unless I turned my head and there were some. Um. But... I can't judge it off a cinematic, and that's the problem, because there was a lot of times where they would get on stage and show these cinematics and be like, that game is going to be awesome, it's going to kill, it's going to kill, it's going to kill, and then the game was terrible. I remember them showing us a cinematic for uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and then when the game came out, it was a buggy fucking mess. I remember them showing a cinematic for Halo Wars 2, and I didn't know that Halo Wars was a strategy game, I just thought it was part of the standard Halo franchise, like, you know you know, an FPS, and then I saw some gameplay, and I was like, what the fuck is this? And somebody's like, it's Halo Wars 2, and I was like, this ain't, and they were like, that was just a cinematic, like, it's not, you know, that is not Halo Wars at all, and I was like, okay, I'm glad I knew that before I spent my money, because Game, I don't know, even know if Game Pass was out at that point. It may have been coming, it might have been, but I don't, I don't know, it wasn't, surely it wasn't what it is now, so... I don't know. I Tekken 8 cinematic, and they they did this whole thing. I think it was yesterday, like save the date, and I'm like, okay, okay, we're gonna get some big tech and stuff, and then it just turns out to be kind of a cinematic, but we shall see. I don't know. Um, after that, Halsey took the stage to perform head of the Diablo 4 release date, and that's gonna be June sixth of twenty twenty three or the release date premiere. Um, apparently, Halsey's working with. Uh, it has something to do with Diablo. I don't know if she's got in game music or provided the soundtrack or score or anything like that. So we shall see. Um, we did get information. The snitch tweeted out a picture of California. And at first, when I, I'm just opening my eyes when I see this the other day, and I was like, what is that about California? And then it turns out it was a picture of Aloy's um, got the, the thing that goes over her ear um where she's able to scan the land i can't even think of it right now and it pointed to california and it turns out yes we are getting horizon forbidden west dlc but again another actor (laughs) voice actor kind of blabbed that as well i think the guy that played i can't think of his name right now he tweeted out that he was doing voice sessions and we're like oh shit horizon dlc and then he quickly deleted it so somebody's like well it could have been for horizon uh Call of the Mountain, I believe is what it's called. I don't know, but it turns out no, we are getting Horizon Forbidden West DLC. It's called Burning Shores, it takes place in Los Angeles. You can see the uh, the machines taking down the Hollywood sign or whatever's left with it. Interestingly enough, this comes April 19th of 2023. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part is that it's only on PlayStation 5, like they only showed PS5 at the end of the title card, and I'm like, possible. And it has been confirmed that that DLC is only available on PlayStation 5. So um, it's interesting the name um, the DLC for Zero Dawn was Frozen Wilds. And the DLC for Forbidden West is Burning Shore. So a little play on fire and ice and stuff like that. But I think it's really interesting that it's only coming to PS5. So um, how do you, unless you release it as a whole nother SKU and not DLC, how do you take advantage of it and make it really, really next-gen? Because the game that it would need to run on is cross-generational. So they would have to almost build it as as its own skew for it to really, really go deep like that. I remember when uh, Infamous... Um, I think it was Shadow of Light. Or was, I don't know. It was the, like the DLC for Infamous Second Son... Um, And it had to do with like colors and stuff like that. And it was supposed to take advantage of. uh, It looked best running on a PlayStation 4 Pro. Especially if you had a 4K TV with HDR. Because the colors colors really did pop. I will tell you that. Um, So I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Again because. If it's not going to take full advantage of the PlayStation 5 hardware. And feel like a truly truly next gen experience. Then why not be cross generational. Or maybe they did it. PS5 only to get it out quicker so we'll see I don't know um they did show another trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie and it looks absolutely fucking amazing I cannot wait I absolutely cannot wait um and then the last really big trailer was Final Fantasy 16 uh the release date is June 22nd of 2023 so to recap Hades 2 Judas, oh, I'm sorry, also, Returnal is coming soon to PC, that has been announced, <clears throat> The Last of Us Part 1 comes to PC March 20, I'm sorry, March 3rd of 2023, I would have to imagine that, let's see, let me pull up a calendar, because we do know that The Last of Us TV show comes out January 15th, so, one, two, three four five six seven eight so maybe the tv show would end with maybe it's only seven episodes and it ends the week before part one comes to pc because i mean that would only make sense and usually when hbo does a show i think the first season is around seven to nine episodes or something like that so i don't know that would make sense um Anything else that I missed out on before I get into the nominees and the winners and stuff? Oh, Crash Team Rumble is coming sometime 2023. Um, I think I mentioned in the first part of the episode that Crash tweeted, is anybody busy Uh, on December December 8th? So, obviously, I thought that we were getting like Crash 5 or another Crash Team Racing or something like that, but it's Crash Team Rumble, so... Mm -hmm. Excuse me, no release date, but we do know that it's coming in 2023 sometime. So let's go ahead and hand out some awards. Um, best Family Game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. I didn't go through all of them. I'm just telling you, I'm picking out so like the eSports ones. I'm not going to lie. I didn't get those. Those were in the pre-show. So uh, Best Family Game, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, best Performance, Christopher Judge, God of War Ragnarok. Best Debut Indie, Stray. Best Adaptation, Arcane League of Legends. Uh, I think it's considered considered an anime. I don't know. I don't know. But Arcane League of Legends won Best Adaptation. Best Narrative, God of War Ragnarok. Uh, Best Art Direction, Elden Ring. Best VR AR Game, Moss Book 2. Best Sim Strategy Game, Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope. Best Community Support, Final Fantasy XIV. Best Game for Impact, As Dusk Falls. Best Sports Racing Game, Gran Turismo 7. Best Multiplayer Game, Splatoon 3. Best Audio Design, God of War Ragnarok. I thought for sure that was going to go to Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, no liar. Content Creator of the Year was Ludwig. I'm not sure who that is, but that who won. Most Anticipated Game, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Best Action Game, Bayonetta 3. Best Score and Music, God of War Ragnarok. Innovation and Accessibility also god of war ragnarok best rpg elden ring player's voice went to Genshin impact best action adventure game god of war ragnarok best ongoing game final fantasy 14 best game direction elden ring and game of the year also went to elden ring now i'm not gonna lie Even though Sony owns a very, very small percentage of From Software, so they can kind of, you know, congratulate themselves because I don't know if they paid any production costs or anything like that. But if you invest in the studio, I would assume that there has to be some part of your money that goes to, you know, production of major titles. Also, um, Bandai Namco and From Software showed off uh, Armored Core 6. So if you guys are excited about that, you're excited about that um let me see if there's any other awards i missed um best narrative best action game no i'm sorry did i get okay splatoon 3 best multiplayer no i actually did get that so i think i got all of them um also i apologize idris elba will be playing a character in Cyberpunk 2077, Phantom Liberty. We are getting that sometime in 2023. Now, back to the awards. A lot of people <laughs> were like, God of War Ragnarok is winning too many games. Which means that Elden Ring more than likely won game of the year. And this is them setting us up for that fall. And I was like, well, that's one way to look at it. And they're like, no, it's the only way to look at it. And then, unfortunately, they were, they were correct. What I would say is this considering all the awards that god of war ragnarok won and not to take anything away from elden ring i didn't play it so i can't really speak to it they won best rpg best game direction and game of the year they took three god of war ragnarok oh i'm sorry they took four they took best art direction so god of war ragnarok won one two three four five so they beat them by one but Elden Ring took the big one which was game of the year um am I surprised by the results no I had I again I didn't play Elden Ring so I can't speak to it but I know a lot of people really really loved it um in 2018 I thought for sure I remember God of War Spider-Man and Red Dead Redemption 2 all being nominated and I'm sitting there like Uh, The Spider-Man meme, instead of two, there were three. And it's like, you, 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 wait. Like, that was me because I love God of War 2018. Spider-Man is my favorite character. I love Spider-Man. And Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. I think, I'm pretty sure I voted for Red Dead Redemption 2, but God of War Ragnarok won. I know a lot of people voted for Elden Ring. I also saw a lot of people on Twitter talked about voting for Elden Ring for the wrong reason, because they didn't want God of War Ragnarok to win. I saw a guy literally get on Twitter and say, we need to downvote God of War Ragnarok on Metacritic when it comes out because it shouldn't be able to win in the game of the year and it shouldn't get a high score. And I'm sick of Sony. And then we also when game of the game awards nominees come out, we need to all get together and vote for Elden Ring so Sony doesn't win game of the year that's ridiculous and that's petty and you look extremely childish number one like I don't I I hate using memes and stuff like that but go outside and touch grass like literally go outside and touch grass that's absolutely ridiculous so I don't know but congrats to the team at from software um a lot of people said that I'm not into into souls you know genre games right but a lot of people are like this one it's not a cut and paste of any of the other souls this is the first true open world in a souls game um when word came out that george r, r. martin was writing this i know a lot of people were super stoked about that because they're big uh game of thrones fans i'm not a game of thrones fans and again i'm not a fan of the souls genre so there is no point for me to even like oh did you ever for Elden ring no and they're like why not are you a sony pony i'm like i didn't play Elden ring they're like why would you not play elder ring i don't like the souls genre it's not for me it just isn't well you voted for god of war then yes because god of war ragnarok was the game of the year for me for me and it happened to fall in that category so yes i'm going to vote for it i loved horizon zero dawn forbidden west kind of left me flat i'm not gonna lie it kind of left me flat so ragnarok was going to get my vote unless It wasn't in the category, and I wasn't going to vote for Forbidden West just for the sake of voting in the category. Um, But, you know, that's it. That's the Game Awards for 2022. Um, I'm going to be with those people who are like, there are no losers. Everybody's a winner. There clearly are losers, right? That's why they're nominees. And when, when one gets the most votes... That one is called The Winner. The other words would, in fact, be The Losers. Um, Al Pacino, Michael motherfucking Corleone himself, uh, was the first big presenter. He came on stage to give out Best Performance. His speech was a little long in the tooth, and Christopher Judge won, and his speech was a little long in the tooth, and they definitely started playing the get-off-the-stage music for him. Um, but uh, to see Al Pacino at the Game Awards, that's dope as fuck. Again, this is Michael fucking Corleone we're talking about. The Godfather, the Don, Don Corleone. So, all in all, I thought it was a good show, or decent show, I'll say that. Um, the Star Wars Jedi Survivor gameplay looked really cool. Uh, Cameron Monaghan came out on stage with a lightsaber. Cal Kestis has a beard in the game now. Um, it is next-gen console only, or, and PC, I would imagine. So, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC, and... Um, Sorry for those on Xbox One and PlayStation 4, you're not going to be able to play it unless you upgrade your console to one of the newer ones or you have a PC where the specs would actually work for you to play the game. Um, It's a lot easier to get a PlayStation 5 now, we'll tell you guys that. So if you're looking for one and you have the funds, trust me, you can find one. You can definitely find one. PlayStation Direct um, for sure. And then Amazon, I think I see like, Tweets all day about PlayStation 5s being available and stuff like that, so you guys can get one now. Um, but yeah, that's it. That is the Derrick Lamont show. It's a recap of the game awards. And obviously, we'll keep our ears and eyes open on this Microsoft uh Activision Blizzard situation. Now the FTC is definitely involved. This should be very, very interesting. I'm gonna go ahead in the show, same way I do every time. Believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody will believe in you. As always, that's my time. My name is Derek Lamont Jackson. Y'all have a good one. Peace out.